0: Listening to Into the Valley of Phoenix Suns Podcast, a part of the Brightside Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, Into the Valley. I am Ethan Schutt, joined by Philip Russell and Ryan Schutt. And happy Thanksgiving, everybody. For our uh, U.S. based listeners, probably listening to this Thanksgiving week, and for the rest of the world, happy World Cup week. We are glad that you are joining us here. We are recording in not the most normal of situations. Ryan has ventured north from Florida to spend Thanksgiving here with me, so he's recording out of a guest room. Philip is on dad duty, so if we're lucky, we might get some adorable baby noises coming through throughout the recording, but at the end of the day, it's Thanksgiving week. It's all about family, so of course we're going to be spending it together, and we're glad we get to spend it with you all. Ryan, Philip, how are we doing on this Wednesday, Thanksgiving Eve, if you will?
1: Uh, I mean, can you be doing better? There's football on uh, tomorrow, all day. There is World Cup literally every day this week. The Suns have played a number of games in the month of November, heading into December, where we're doing all right. Things are going really well, and I get to be with my boys. For the first time in quite some time, I got to watch some Phoenix Suns basketball with the entire cast of into the valley of phoenix suns podcast uh and it was it was a good time we it can't can't beat it tis the season
2: okay right. i have a question about tomorrow and again sorry for the baby noises and the pounding of a rattle on us how dare you table. apologize
1: for your child i was going to say honestly i need to know but- this
2: this is a very serious thing for tomorrow since we're thanksgivinging together when there is overlap between world cup
0: and NFL what will be on the main television screen depends on the game as Vikings fans the Vikings game will take precedent uh it is Other Vikings that. Patriots. that's the Other late game that, though right uh I, think I do believe it's a primetime game. Yeah. game <laughs> okay so well I mean they're, also, all, that means... they're all they're all that way I think the earliest one is Bill's Lions at 11 a.m. or something early yeah so that's the first the one, one. early Uh, But no, I think Vikings game will take precedent. Uh, World Cup will probably be on, but World Cup's wrapped up here by three o'clock central. So the good news is we don't have to deal too much with that. Uh, Also, you got babies crying uh, on Phillip's end. You have dogs barking on Ryan and I's end. We've got the whole shut clan and new dogs here at the shut household. So we're just going to go ahead and, and get the apologies out of the way now this is going to be a chaotic and hectic episode does anybody
1: else have just anything in life they want to apologize i feel like now it's the opportunity. Are there any other are Do there any other noise making,
0: are there any other noise making things animals dogs babies that could pop up i no, don't know i just want i want the record to reflect that my baby is
2: very happy right now so if okay. there's noise made at least in the next little bit it will not be crying
0: put some respect on lydia's name lydia's great The dogs, on the other hand, are acting like absolute morons, and we'll just have to live with that here, and that's okay. Uh, Gentlemen, it has been almost a week and a half since we recorded last, uh, waiting for this Thanksgiving episode here. But because of that, we have five games to recap since we last talked. Uh, I don't want to drag that on too long, so I want to give just a quick hit on the games themselves, the scores, and the, uh, I would just say the summaries or maybe what stuck out to me, uh, in a pretty quick hitting way for those that might be listening, who've not been able to keep up this last week. It's been a lot. Uh, and afterwards open it up, you know, kind of open the floor to you guys. Initial thoughts, notes from the games, whatever, like we typically do, uh, wanted to go ahead and start since the last recording, the Suns lost to the Miami heat, uh, that game included the Suns having a 13-point lead with eight minutes to go before, unfortunately, dropping that one, I believe, by one. Um, I typed the same score, and ties aren't 113, allowed in the 112. basketball. Thank 112. you. 113-112. Followed it up with a win against the Warriors, 130-119, to 119, holding off Steph Curry's 50 points and still winning by 11. Followed it up with a another close, heartbreaking loss, Losing to the Jazz 134, 133 with some late game heroics by Laurie Marken and Jordan Clarkson with some just insane shot making at the end. And Almost a game, 50 though, book
1: for that game, too. Don't forget.
0: Uh, well, I was going to say so the Suns' largest lead in that game was one, the Jazz's largest lead was 19. So that kind of gives an idea of the game script there. Next was the Knicks, where the Suns won 116, 95. Um possibly the most team win of the year, maybe some some notes on that later, and then wrapped it up with beating the Lakers 115-105. and uh we'll probably talk a little bit about that. It's the most recent one on the brain, but overall, suns go three and two through a reasonably tough stretch, given that the jazz decided to be good um and so three and two, I'm not too upset, I do hate. The way some of the games ended, you hate losing two games by one point, especially one where you probably should have lost, but you still hate losing on a shot like that. And then the heat game where you should have taken care of business and let it slip late. So it was a weird mix of games. I don't feel like we saw a consistent Suns team every single game over the last week and a half. Uh, But Brian, I'll open it up to you first. Kind of what are your first thoughts uh, that you took away from this last week and a half of Suns Hoops? We, I feel like we just don't have an identity at, at the
1: moment fully. Uh, obviously, Booker is playing at an elite level, hitting some career highs. Outside of that, though, I feel like on any given night, a different Phoenix Suns team is going to show up. To your point, uh, the Knicks win was probably the most cohesive team win. Some nights it's Booker hero ball. Some nights we've got Mikhail rising to the challenge. I, I feel like we don't have a, a, a solid – full identity top to bottom of what this team is uh, and that's okay given all the things that this team is enduring right now so I'm not too worried about it I feel good about the week all things considered we beat uh, in my opinion a very good Warriors team uh, I, I have some things to say on, on the heat in the the Jazz game later in those one possession games I think we've got some bigger issues that are playing into that a little bit uh, and obviously a, a very fun Lakers game. Anytime you beat the Lakers, it's fun. Uh, when you do it, when, when Pat Bev gets thrown out, it's even more fun. Uh, so all things considered a, a good five game stretch uh, and, and a pretty solid start to the, to the season so far, in my opinion.
0: All right, Philip. I know you've got lots of notes after five whole games without oh, yeah. what you got, buddy.
2: I think the bench turned a corner. The last five games. And I think it's a really big deal. The, I would say, especially starting with the Warriors game, the bench was outstanding. And the last couple of years, one of the calling cards of the Suns has been, you have a good starting unit, unquestionably, sometimes a really good starting unit. And then the bench would either hold steady or even extend the leads. And that's why so frequently the last several years, we saw the Suns not even have to play that much clutch time basketball. And these past five games, you saw Dwayne Washington turn a corner. You saw Damian Lee continue just outstanding play. And then in the Knicks game, it was unquestionably Josh Kogi's best game. He was good enough on the offensive end. And it was it was kind of funny. He messed himself up at the end of the game. <laughs> He messed himself up at the end of the game by taking like three shots at the rim. And his percentages came down from that because he missed all three, but he was really good throughout the course of that game. So I think the benches turned a corner and I think that bodes extremely well for the Suns moving forward.
0: Yeah. I, I think there were a lot of individual players who kind of showed their stuff. And even, even though it wasn't quite as impressive ish Wainwright coming back with the team, getting some good minutes. I know he was, I don't remember if it was last night. I think it might have been last night. He ended up leading the team in plus minus in his 12 or 13 minutes that he was out there. He was a part of that stretch where the Suns kind of put it out of reach for the Lakers. So there were lots of guys who definitely stepped up all the while. Again, still no Chris Paul, still no Landry Shamet, which has been a very long absence for a concussion just worth noting i don't know much about what's going on but they it's did still both surprising. practice
1: today for what it's worth i don't know if you guys saw the reports but yeah uh, monty said today's practice was probably a five or six out of ten from a difficulty standpoint but both cp and Shamit were were active participants
0: uh in practice so some positive things there for sure yeah i'm looking forward to getting the crew back together i think cam johnson obviously is going to be a longer break waiting for him to recover everything that's come out said that that surgery went well um but we shall see on Shamit and paul uh philip what you got i have a question so campaign's playing really well
2: right now and that's i gotta eat that because i've been saying i think the suns are limited if campaign is a focal point of the team so i think i don't know why i think i have just like a slight hesitation with campaign probably because he played himself out of a rotation spot back in the playoffs. Is he still
0: somewhat inconsistent to you guys? Okay. That was, so I'm going to hop on that. One of my notes from the game and I wrote it on three different games. He is what this is. This is really nerdy. I don't know if this is personality testing or be, I heard someone say it in dungeons and dragons once I would call him a chaotic good like I think he that's, was a net that's positive. And Dragons. That is right. not Myers Briggs. That not is sure. Dungeons what? and Dragons. I mean, I'm I'm an intellectual man. Uh, he was a net positive over the five games, and if you do a quick glance at the box score, you're like, oh, that's solid. If you look at his efficiency, if you look at his turnovers to assist ratios, he is polarizing from night in to night out. Like he he had a net positive week. But he had some horrible stretches in three of those five games and was able to have some good stretches to kind of balance it out. But no, that was that was one of my big notes for the week, Philip, was he did well, but he was not consistent. I, I I don't no, I don't want to get
1: into my high of the week. I did a full breakdown of what campaign has looked like as a starter for my high of the week this week. I, I think yes, from an efficiency standpoint, there are some questions there. But if you're if you're looking at a nine and nine out box score and assistant to assist to turnover ratio, especially compared to what Chris Paul's numbers have looked like as a starter so far to start the season, campaign is doing really well. And again, I don't want to jump ahead to my high of the week, but I did I I did the numbers all afternoon today because I was curious kind of where he's stacking up. And it's super encouraging, especially as a starter on a potential playoff team. Um, It's it's there. But yes, I think from the eye test and even maybe from some of those efficiency numbers, as you guys alluded to, maybe not like an ideal starting point guard, obviously, but he's doing what he needs to do right now.
0: The turnover, his efficiency shooting doesn't concern me as much because I kind of come to expect that the turnover numbers are what spiked this week. uh, And I saw it on the video and then it checked out coming back because you see like like 21 points nine assists you're like that's great and then you realize there were six turnovers in there i think that's just a guy having to manage and increase usage rate while also being in an offense that requires you to handle a lot um so i won't we won't keep going on that one ryan i know you've got uh more to say later on but anything else um maybe stuff you've got that you want to share before we get into our high low. And just so you know, I know we've got five games to pick and choose from. Um, I thought the Knicks game, I don't have much more to say about it later on, but I thought the Knicks game was a good one just as a general, like high tides lift all boats or whatever crap saying that is right. Like everyone did well. We had six players in double figures. And I think a Kogi was at seven. That's, Going off memory, I could be completely wrong. I think we had six in double figures and one at seven. Everyone did well without any one person really going off. Um, If memory serves, again, I think our two-point field goal percentage was somewhere in the mid-40s. Our three-point percentage was in the low-40s. It was one of those things. We didn't have something just out of the ordinary in terms of shooting on any side of the offense Yet defensively, you hold them to under 100. Lots of guys get on the action. I loved that game. It's not going to be the one that everyone kind of writes about and gets excited about, maybe like the Jazz game or even the Heat game in terms of big storylines. But I liked the Knicks game a lot. Heat game frustrated me. Jazz game was phenomenal. Like in terms of just as a viewer, I hate the loss. But goodness, what a fun game, a fun ending. Just stinks to be on the losing side. Do you guys have uniforms on the docket to talk about later this episode? (laughs) No, but I'm more than happy to get in on it now. Okay, Uh, then yes, I do have things to talk about
2: right now. Go ahead, Ryan. Go
0: for it. Oh, nope, you're good. The back-to-back game
2: against – games against the Warriors and then against the Jazz where the Suns are in their turquoise and then the Dubs have that – (laughs) It's Ethan said last night we were hanging out. He said they're clean unless they untuck them. (laughs) And then the Jazz with their throwback, those – Two sets of uniforms that was sick. So, this isn't this might not be the uh content you're exactly looking for recapping games, maybe, but those is.
0: uniforms were dope at Suns Uni trackers out there like more jersey talk. He's baby. like, All, That's all right, maybe he's like, This is what I'm here for. Uh, but no, I, I'm loving the teal jerseys. I like the court more than I like the jersey. I think the court looks wonderful. Um, and also for our audio listeners, I just want to apologize there's never been a better episode to watch on youtube right now there is a cute baby waving at me while i'm making points about the suns if you're not watching the youtube i can't guarantee this every time but this is a thanksgiving miracle if there ever was one what a great day to be talking phoenix suns with us three and a baby feels like a a, a sitcom from the 90s i think lydia's first blog post is going up this weekend right I believe so. Yes, that's that's on the docket for sure. Uh, guys, anything else about those five games? I know there was almost so much that it's hard to just really nail down something. Hopefully you were able to take some of your thoughts and put them into our recap. Books, at the end. Books, books, 49 points in a loss was a tough pill to
1: swallow. Uh, we haven't really touched on it. That's a, that's a tough one to drop almost a 50 piece and still take the L is rough.
0: Hey, well, Steph did drop a 50 piece and took an L, so. Could always be one point worse. <laughs> always be one point worse. Well, guys, let's hop into the reason people keep coming back. Our highs, our lows, and our just so you know, is the Phoenix Suns basketball. Um, and then afterwards, we're gonna we're gonna close with a little bit of a uh, Thanksgiving here, for, to to honor the holiday and the food that we have waiting for us tomorrow. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and start with the highs myself. Do things a little out of the ordinary here, and usually mine get taken. So. I'll take this one, please. Uh, my high for the week, Tory Craig. Um, I think there's a lot of facets about Tory Craig that I could talk about. I wanted to de- nail it down to one. Uh, in a five-game stretch, Tory Craig shot 11 of 22 from three. And it wasn't that he was hitting them. It was the way he was shooting them and the confidence in which he looked shooting them. We've talked this whole time, the new starting lineup, there's is, there is a stopping point in the point five offense in many ways when it comes to the abilities that are lacking in the drop-off from Cam to Tory. And Tory, I don't know if, if the homies, Larry Bird in it, showing up to the gym in the morning until he hits 100 straight three-pointers. But man, he was shooting with confidence. It looked consistent. He was getting to his spot in the corner and knew exactly what he was doing when he caught it. And if you go back and watch and it wasn't like he had one crazy hot game and the rest kind of bounced it out. Like it was a consistent performance shooting from three. And it just opens up so much. He will typically start the game with an open three pointer. Depending on if he hits that first one or not, it will dictate what the defense decides to do on the second one. And once he hits a couple or even that first, a lot of stuff opens up. People start to have to give him a little bit more I don't know, pressure. Maybe he earns himself a little credibility offensively. And then he's been doing great on the offensive board side as well. Like he is just really contributing on the side where I think we're seeing the biggest drop off since he's taken over. Um, so shout out to Tory Craig took care of business was a huge help and hit a lot of timely shots as well when they needed them. Um, but that, like I said, Cam Johnson's not coming back anytime soon. I think this starting five is going to be the starting five until Chris Paul figures out what's going on with his magical heel thing. But Torrey Craig, impressive week. He stood out to me, wanted to give him a little bit of love. And I think there was a, there was kind of a vibe on
2: the team as a whole, the last five games of, if you're open, shoot the ball. Yep. And it was pervasive. Really the only person who looked hesitant at any point when he caught it was DA. But almost every, and Joshua Kogi did some extent. But everybody, if they were catching, especially corner threes, they were putting them up. And that's really good because that says they're getting fed from the best players and probably especially the coaching staff that if you're open, we don't care who it is, shoot the ball. Like that's how the offense is going to work at its peak. And I think Tori exemplifies that in the starting lineup.
0: Yep. 100%. Brian, what about you for the high for the week? I know you already teased a little campaign goodness for us.
1: Yeah, and I know he was my high last week, but that was more on feels. This one is just, I wanted to look at the numbers and and campaign. um, Just looking kind of, again, at comparison. Chris Paul, in his 10 games as a starter this season, averaged 9.5 points, almost 9.5 assists, and 1.5 turnovers a game. In his 7 games as a starter, campaign is currently averaging 18.8 18.8 points a game, almost six and a half assists a game and two and a half uh, uh, turnovers a game with a season high of 29 points, but also game thrown in there of 23, 22 and 21. Now he does have a nine point game and 11 point game, not the greatest of nights on those nights, but he's he's doing everything you could ask of him, in my opinion, of somebody who was brought in to be Chris Paul's backup and is now having to carry a significantly heavier load. Uh, I don't think he's been uh, a liability in in many cases. I think he's done uh, really well. His assist to turnover ratio sitting at about two and a half to one right now. Um, He could clean up, like Ethan mentioned, he's had a five turnover night, a four turnover night in those those starts. But the dude is playing exceptionally well. Uh, And this is the campaign that we saw where people, again, probably got a little ahead of themselves. It was like, this could be the sun starter of the future. No, that should never be the case. But boy, is he, in my opinion, right now, playing like an exceptional backup point guard. And and as long as Chris is out, I think campaign has the confidence of the team. He's a great energy guy. He's a spark guy. He's been hitting some big shots when needed. Uh, And I just want to sing his praises because last year I felt like we dunked on him a lot and rightfully so because he was so hit or miss. But he has been nothing but consistent. At least from uh, to y'all's earlier point, a box score perspective, um, since he took over as starting point guard in Chris's absence. So that is that has been my high. Uh, and I hope he he, he continues
0: it moving forward for as long as he's needed. All right, Phillip and baby. High for the week.
2: I loved the bench offense against the Knicks. It was great. And if you want if you want to exemplify it, go watch the first possession of the second quarter. There was a pick and roll, and then the ball just whips around the perimeter. That's great. If there's, if there's a kind of offensive continuity to the second unit where they're running real sets and then have the confidence to attack off the ball swinging, then the second unit is going to be really difficult to guard when guys like Damian Lee are shooting so well when hopefully eventually campaign gets back out there and is still driving. Okay. But then his catch and shoot threes are really good. And then man, Dwayne, he came in. What game was it where he popped
0: off?
1: It was
0: um, two nights ago. Yeah, it was the next yeah, game. I mean, game last two night, game.
1: last night as well. He played two, really well. Against two the games.
0: Lakers. I think it was two games ago, the next game
2: where he just started going off. But anyways, so he's, he's popped off. But then against the Knicks and then against the Lakers, there was one possession in particular. I think he's getting more comfortable, not just shooting the ball against opposing defenses, but playing within the sunset. He threw basically a no look lob over a defender right to D.A. This is against the Lakers because he just knew D.A. was going to be there and he knew D.A. was going to be open on that. He's getting not only good stats, but he's getting comfortable within the flow of the offense. And I've already mentioned Joshua Kogi had his best offensive game and he looked, he looked good within the flow of the offense. Like if that's, if that's the case, then that's, again, I said it earlier, that's fantastic because then what winds up happening in the fourth quarter against the Knicks campaign and Mikhail bridges come back in at their normal times and that bench unit is rolling. And when you add the two starters back into that unit, they just put the Knicks to bed. It was Steph Curry night night time when those two guys came in and the bench was clicking like it was.
0: So just a quick stat check. The two the two nights where he popped off actually was Miami and LA. So Miami, nineteen minutes, eight of fourteen from the field, five of eight from three, with four assists, one turnover, twenty-one points. And then the Lakers, like Ryan said, eighteen minutes, seven of fifteen, uh, with uh, one assist, two turnovers, 15 points. But and I think I, at least
1: 10 of that <clears throat> came in the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken.
0: He play, He plays very similarly offensively. That was a lot of Lys in a row. Uh, to Booker, in my opinion. The way he's kind of snaking towards the rim when he needs to, but also is very clearly getting to his spots for the long twos. Uh, fine shooting contested, if need be. Defensively, though, are we still worried about him ever getting like significant minutes. Cause up up until this week, I don't know if he had hit double digit minutes more than one or two times. He did it all week this last week and a half uh, after putting up seven minutes against Orlando, he jumped in that Miami game to 19 and didn't hit under 13 seems like a good spark plug, but people on Twitter I've seen seem to be calling for him to have like a legitimate role within the, the, you know, the bench unit. I'm just not a hundred percent sure that works unless you have a Kogi out there kind of covering for him. What are, what are your thoughts on that one guys? Cause I defensively, he just doesn't seem to have it quite yet. He's a work in progress for sure. I
2: think like a lot of the Suns guard on ball, they're fine. If it's just someone trying to get a straight line drive off on Dwayne, I think he does a good job getting his chest in the way. Cause he has, he's pretty quick. Team defense wise, I think he he needs some work. But again, I'm happy with what campaign's doing. If you go back and watch the Jazz game, Dwayne was better defensively against the Jazz than Campaign was. So like he's gonna have flashes and hopefully he progresses well defensively, just like so many of the other Suns guards have.
1: Yeah. And that could be something too that that is improved as he gets more familiar with the communication style of the guys on the floor, as he's working with who's going to cover who that could be something that just comes along. If he naturally picks up more minutes, it seems like Lydia might agree from the the stretching and arm racing. I'm seeing no, but when you guys were still
2: over at my house last night, there was one time when Dwayne and Josh just didn't talk (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they both jumped at the ball and they let a wide open layup. And that's, that exemplifies what you're saying, right?
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think it's good though, to see, this early in the season, these things happening rather than trying to figure this out halfway through or after a January 15th deadline where who knows who is where, you know what I mean? Uh, No, I'm all for it. Um, In terms of our lows, we're trying to not get uh, too down in the dumps here, but uh, Philip, what do you got for your low this week? So
2: I'm just going to stick on the defense because I think there were lots of games with untimely defensive lapses. And unfortunately, several of them came from our guys, Campaign and Devin Booker. So at the start of the Heat game, their shooters got loose and started, I think I wrote down seven of eight from three. And a lot of them were really good looks. The Suns did a good job against Duncan Robinson, but that was pretty much it. At the start of the Dubs game, Book left Curry, I mean, wide open for basically a corner three. And that's an easy first look for a guy like Curry. At the start of the Jazz game, campaign just getting cooked. Yeah. And then it wasn't at the start of the Knicks game, but near the end of the first half, the <laughs> starters are in and the Knicks got two easy, easy looks in transition. And it's just like you're about to put games away or you're trying to make it difficult for teams to get in the flow of their offense. Like that's when the Suns need to be locking it down defensively because they were a good close of a quarter or a half away from the Knicks of blowing it open really early.
0: No, I I agree. I think the Miami one was incredibly frustrating. I think you hit on the Warriors one, which I had written down. They made it too easy for Steph to go off. That is, that's one of those guys you can't give him the opportunity to gain that extra confidence. And yeah, I mean, they were. Un, I think the first two two of his first three were completely uncontested. You just you just can't have that. Uh, but no, I I agree with you, Ryan. What about you for the low this week? Uh, I'll work mine from from kind of big picture down to um, a more finite
1: point. Um, mine is free throw shooting, just free throw shooting for the Suns in general. If you're looking at league averages, most teams on average are averaging 25 free throws a game uh, so far through about 17 games of, of the season. The Suns are only averaging 20 a game. If you look at November, we have three games where we only attempted single digit free throws, including a nine free throw game, a four three free throw game and a five free throw game being the Lakers game last night. That to me is wild. The fact that we can have three games in a month where we attempt less than 10 free throws to to pull that down even closer on a, on a more on a more tangible scale than DeAndre Ayton specifically is Going through, and I think we mentioned this last week, a free throw problem. He's averaging less than two free throws a game, which is a career low. He's at 1.7 attempts per game. And in single possession losses, or single, yeah, single possession losses, in four of them, he has had three attempts, two attempts, three attempts, and in the single possession loss, the one-point loss to Miami, zero attempts in 34 minutes. That is an issue. And so my low right now is just free throw attempts. We are not getting free throw attempts the way we should, and it is impacting games. And in, in those four games, if DeAndre Ayton gets to the line at all, we could potentially end up winning those games. Uh, it, so that to me, that is just a, a big issue right now that that needs to be addressed uh, moving forward. Um, again, last night against the Lakers was another zero attempt, a uh, free throw attempt game by DeAndre Ayton. Luckily, it didn't matter. We ended up winning. But to me, that is that is a glaring issue moving forward.
0: Yeah, I actually had some stuff written down, um, not as my low, just as kind of a as I was thinking through eight uh, and posted these box score numbers for points and rebounds this week, 16 and 12, 14 and 7, 17 and 10, 13 and 11, 14 and 15. All the while in five games, he was four of eight from the free throw line. That is uh, rough. Not only the volume, but also the efficiency when at the line. That's pretty tough. Um, I think one of those nights he was one of four as well. So, yeah, I definitely think that's an issue. I also think Booker's early season mindset of getting to the rim uh, is wonderful. He is inflating our free throw numbers somehow. Uh, if it weren't for him, it would be even more concerning. And Mikhail's getting to the free throw line with more uh frequency than he had before as well. So those two guys are being aggressive at the rim and that's kind of it. And I don't think that's going to work long term. I really get nervous when it comes playoff time when things slow down a little bit more and every little one of those opportunities just means that much. Um my actual low was the defense by the guards campaign in particular. Um when I started really looking at his weird numbers again, just the sporadic nature. I went back and was looking. I was like, well on the nights offensively where he didn't have it, did the defensive pressure or responsibility maybe justify it? And unfortunately the answer there was no, Um, he didn't have it. Book didn't have it. I think a very telling example was comparing the fourth quarter of the Utah game to the first three quarters of the Utah game. When it was close at the end, you could tell a different level of effort being put out there that wasn't there for the majority of that game. And that's just frustrating because to me, that says if you brought it from the get go, this wouldn't be the situation we're in in general. Um, So anyway, that was my low. I feel like overall for a three and two week, it's not doom and gloom. Uh, Some tough losses, some good wins, good step up. From a lot of players that I that we love to see. And I want to kind of carry that, <clears throat> sorry, as my voice is going here, uh, into our just so you know's. My just so you know is really just a quick highlight on Mikhail Bridges. Uh, wanted to share some stuff about Mikhail here. is currently averaging 16.3 points a game, uh, just over two points higher than his career high in a season. And what's interesting about that is he is doing that shooting less threes per game than he was last year. It's the efficiency that's making the move. He's hitting 47% from three. Now, here's one number that I am a little more concerned about, and I think it might be something that wasn't discussed around the Cam Johnson injury. Mikhail's averaging 37 minutes a game. That is a lot of minutes a game, um, and a good bit higher than his career high. That's a lot to put on him, while he's also doing more offensively than he has been and defensively is still getting the same assignments. He's currently on a career high pace in points, rebounds, assists, and blocks. Again, while shooting lights out from three, and in my opinion, the confidence is increasing as the stats increase. My question to you all, and maybe the listeners, is what are the Suns going to do to take advantage of that? his attempts per game are near identical, but with less threes. So he is getting to the rim a little bit more. His free throws have increased. Do we think he is showing enough to maybe have us reconsider what his offensive ceiling might be? Uh, I mean, I think he was one of, if not the catalyst in two, if not three of our wins this season, offensively, Um, even just, you know, I know this week there was one night him and book had 25, but he was kind of the one that kept things going when they really needed the spark plug. Uh, It's just been encouraging for me to see that said he's averaging 16 points a game. I feel like it could be higher. And I don't know if that's running the offense through him more, whether that's him being the initiator or looking for him more. I don't know. I feel like we just need to be taking advantage of a guy who's playing with crazy confidence shooting the ball well and getting to the rim at will, what do we got to do to see more of those 20-point games and less of those, ah, oh, he's kind of just not there tonight. You know what I mean? He seems to have it at a level that I've not seen before. So, uh, Philip, I'll start with you. Do you think the Suns need to be doing more to take advantage of kind of the hot streak that McHale is on right now?
2: I don't think there's, there's anything necessarily that they need to do. I think it's empowering him within the flow of the offense to continue getting his. And then when the second unit is on the floor, that's when you start running pick and rolls for him. That's when he starts setting the pick and rolling to kind of flip around and kind of mess with the way the offense normally runs. So with that first unit, keep it steady and just empower him to do what he's been doing. And then with the second unit, that's when you might feature him a little bit more. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: I think to your point, Ethan, he's he's already playing more minutes a game than he has. I don't know what much what more the Suns can do for him to Phillips' point, other than, you know, give him that freedom to to, to be the guy when he's on there, especially with the second unit. But I think he has every opportunity to be that right now. It'll just be on him to to be more
0: um assertive in that role, I think. Yeah, I like I like the idea of him being able to do more with the second unit as the initiator uh, on either side of the pick and roll, because I just feel like his his talent is there. Like, I think he is making it abundantly clear that he can be a three level scorer, which the Suns need because they have so few who can be effective around the rim. And the one guy that gets paid a lot of money to be efficient around the rim is very efficient in the restricted area but isn't getting to the rim maybe like we would like. Um, so, yeah, I, I just wanted to call that out. He's having a great start to the season. I'm excited to see what that looks like moving forward. You might want to put him on all-star watch, especially if Chris continues to miss. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if the Suns do well to maybe see him be the second all-star with Book if they manage to get to there, especially defensively kind of with the reputation and the results he's continuing to throw out there, so it's early. Uh, Mikhail at All Star Weekend would be very fun.
1: Just throwing that hundred percent. I feel like if there was somebody
0: who would go all in on that weekend, it would be Mikhail Bridges. It'd be a lot of fun. I mean, he if he keeps shooting the way he's shooting, he's going to be in the three point contest at least. You don't you don't leave a guy shooting forty seven percent from three at home, so. Um, I love it. Ryan, just so you know, what you got for us?
1: Uh, I've got a two-parter. The first uh, is Sun-specific Sam Cooper of the Timeline brought up uh, Damian Lee in the fourth quarter is shooting 18 of 28 from three for 64%. Uh, and I just thought that was noteworthy and and hopefully uh, continues. That is an incredible number for fourth quarter three-point shooting. Uh, the second, just so you know, is Patrick Beverly is a clown and has proved himself to be a, a, a pattern of misbehavior in in games like this uh i would like to see the nba take firmer action this go round. i think last time this happened with chris he served a one game suspension i think uh some firmer and harder lines need to be drawn moving forward uh because patrick beverly is a joke and doesn't deserve to be on the court if that's how he's gonna behave zero points one ejection nice showing pbev and philip you're just so you know (laughs)
2: I need to channel my best Ryan Gosling circa 2004 to Suns fans. Suns fans, what do you want? From DeAndre Ayton. These past five games, he, he was getting slandered online after posting basically 15 points, 11 rebounds. Basically double, double with a three and a half assist stuff. on a two to one turnover ratio on 62 and percent from the field. All the while campaigns popping off. Mikhail Bridges is popping off. Devin Booker is popping off. All three of those guys averaging above their season averages. What do you want? He's sound against other bigs against Bam Adebayo. He's great against Jokic. He's solid he's strong. He takes on challenges against Joel Embiid. He was really good and his teammates fouled a lot. What do you want from DA? Not all these guys are going to be 17 to 20 point scorers a game. DA is playing near perfectly in the style of offense that the Suns play. If you say you want him to get a few more free throws a game, sure. I if you say throws. you want him, if you say you want him to dunk more, Sure, but he's passing so well right now, and he's passing so well off offensive rebounds. Like, he is playing fine. If you're freaking out about DA, shut up. I'm done. Give me free throws, baby. But if that's... Okay, I'm not done. I lied. If that's your big complaint, it's not that big of a deal with the way the Suns are playing. Like, they're playing well despite that. And if you want to play a silly game of, like... If DA shoots two more free throws, they win against the Heat or the Jazz. That's not how anything works.
0: Give me the free throws.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I like a good Philip <laughs> versus Ryan, where Ryan comes with a, I like saying what I want to say, and Philip comes with, um, you know, numbers and logic about how L- the time continuum works. L- Lydia's kind of giggling over here, so I think she thought it was funny. So, I mean, like I said... I was looking at stats to try to look this week at why people were upset and the dude averaged basically a, a 16 and 10 double double. And earlier in the season, I don't know why I know this His like FanDuel and DraftKing over under on assists was always 0.5 assists because he wasn't getting any. So the fact that he had, I think it was eight or nine in his career high night the other night, plus a few others. I in I mean, I'm intrigued. Um, I'm also intrigued what happened to Jock Landale against the Lakers, but that's another uh, center related question for another day. Um, but no, I think, I mean, I I don't know. It, I think that is a fair question, Philip. I think it is interesting how he seems to show up in a intensity standpoint against the elite centers in the league and against others. It's a lot more lackadaisical of sorts. Um, either, even in the Lakers game, the announcers were in the fourth quarter, like, where has this been the whole time? Cause he just kind of popped off. Like he seemed to get annoyed by some of the, the Anthony Davis crap back and forth. And he just kind of shut him up before Patrick Beverly shoved him in the back. So, I mean, I don't know. We, we shall see. I think there is some valid concerns in terms of the, are you making the most of the opportunities and also the added benefits of the added physicality leading to fouls on the other end and free points and things of that matter. But I think he averaged what was like 68% from the field this last week and a half.
2: Yeah, it was 60. It was 63. And again, like if you say consistency is what you're wanting from him, that's fine. I just need Suns fans to be specific about what kind of consistency you're wanting him. To improve on. And if you
0: have any feedback to that, feel free to tweet us at the Valley PHX <laughs> with exactly what you want Aiden to do better. Philip will respond to every single one of them. You might not like what he has to say, but he will definitely do it. Um, trying to think Ryan, did I, you got your just so you knows in right. It was a two parter parter. Phillips got Phillips got his in. Ends it with a, a strong, firm hammer down um, and a baby who wants to be upside down, which is incredibly cute. And I love her very much. Uh, guys, as we wrap this up, I want to just do a quick little Thanksgiving closer here. Uh, Ryan, I'll start with you. Give the folks listening one thing you're thankful for in Sun's world and one thing you're thankful for in the real world. Uh, in Suns World, I'm thankful that the
1: Suns are going above and beyond to recognize the native peoples of Arizona. I think it's been really cool to see them brought into the conversation around the city jerseys, the floor design, uh, the way that they've been recognized in stadium, getting halftime performances, entertainment. Um, I just think it's been really neat to see um, their voices at the table and the Suns being very intentional uh, with being mindful and respectful of, of them and their culture i just think it's been super cool to see uh and from a national perspective bringing a- attention there um uh, from a personal standpoint i'm excited that i get to spend the day with you guys tomorrow i'm excited that uh, i've got to spend the whole week watching the world cup with with my brother um living in florida that didn't seem at first like it was going to be something uh that'd be possible so the fact that i've got to watch pretty much every game uh on your couch has been super cool and i'm very thankful for it
0: my couch is grateful to have you Philip. What you got going on for Thanksgiving that makes you happy other than the very cute baby that you are holding. So sons wise, I like how the sons play a lot and it's
2: a joy for me to watch the sons and watch their offensive sets, especially and sometimes their defensive rotations. And then she might cry, but being, and it's not just being a parent that I'm really thankful for this year. As she's messing up this uh, sweet, heartfelt speech, it's being a parent alongside my wife that's been one of the most meaningful things to ever happen in my life. Watching someone I love take care of someone else I love has been an absolute joy. And I'm very thankful to watch my wife be a mother and then be a dad alongside her.
0: Well, in, I honestly Top don't that, have – what? I, top that, Ethan. I mean, I can't, I can't really, unless I was going like, to tell you guys that Brooke and I were expecting, but uh, that's not happening. That's not happening. Not yet, <laughs> not yet, but not right now. That would be a funny way to break the news, though. Don't tell anyone and just be like, oh, have you not listened <laughs> to our podcast? podcast? Just funnel everyone to the, to the podcast, baby. If you want to hear the announcement, check out the podcast. Uh, no, in Suns world, I am happy that the Suns have not completely like the wheels haven't fallen off with all of the injuries that are happening. I feel like there have been many opportunities for things to go poorly yet. It seems like the leadership and the just, I don't know. It just seems like we got a good group of guys in that locker room that are just taking it on the chin. Dudes like Dwayne Washington are stepping up. Jock Landell stepping up ish coming back and immediately making a contribution and just seeing how much joy the the rest of the team the starters are having in those moments uh i appreciate cheering for a, a likable team and i know not the whole nba world may love booker or others but i think it's a likable team who genuinely likes each other and i enjoy getting to cheer for that um in non world y'all y'all both have kind of already hit hit it for me but like i am so excited for Thanksgiving tomorrow, you guys coming over, the family coming in from Florida, Ryan being here. Uh, I am pumped to have Lydia's first Thanksgiving at my house. No pressure. If I mess up her first Thanksgiving Day turkey, I will be very upset with myself. I do not care about any of the adults, just that baby. Uh, but I'm pumped. I'm, I'm so happy to have the friends and family that I do. And for everyone listening uh, who is celebrating Thanksgiving, I hope you have a wonderful time. And I hope you enjoy the world cup and football and all the wonderful things going on. Uh, And I'm also thankful for the mute button because I don't have to because I don't have to go edit out a crying baby because Philip has a mute button. And I do, I am thankful for that as well. Thank you also to the bright side podcast network, Dave King sons, Twitter, all the good stuff that goes on in our lives and in our son's lives, gentlemen, anything you need to add before we come to a close, let's see if Philip can unmute just in time. Go son. And Ryan? Go Mike White, starting for the Jets. Go Tops. I, dude, I set you up for a happy Thanksgiving, and you ruined it. On behalf of Philip and Ryan, I am Ethan Shutt. Happy Thanksgiving. This is Into the Valley, Phoenix Suns Podcast.
2: We out.